Hi everyone, uh, thanks for joining us, Dave here. Um, another episode of Legends of the Spire here for you. This week with the legendary Andy Morris. Um, he spent over 10 years at Chesterfield from, uh, from after he signed in 1988. Um, long association with the club, both as a player and then lastly as a coach too. Um, and obviously is well known for his iconic moment of scoring the first goal in the FA Cup semi-final, of which his goal celebration is my joint favourite Chesterfield goal celebration of all time alongside Tony Lawler's belly slide. Um, so it was good to speak to him about that. Um, yeah, I mean, he was also, as well as that FA Cup semi-final, um, he was also involved in a couple of Wembley games too, and Liverpool 4-4 and things like that. So it was um, good to speak to him about all the years at his club and various different managers that he played under. Um, as always, we are at Spire Legends on Twitter and Legends of the Spire on Facebook, so do get involved. Um, if you can like, subscribe, comment, review, whatever it is on the various channels that you listen or watch on, uh, that would be much appreciated. Um, and yeah, I've recorded a few more of these already, so we'll be uh, going ahead over the summer uh, with even more of uh, players from different eras of the club. So I hope you enjoy them. Uh, but for now, here is the legendary Andy Morris. So you actually uh, grew up in Sheffield, didn't you? So you're, you're, you're pretty local, aren't you, really? Yeah, I'm always, I've, always, I've always lived in Sheffield. I've never lived anywhere else. Even when I was at Rochdale and Robram, I've always lived here. So um, I'm a Sheffield lad by heart. Obviously, um, Chesterfield's my first love, but um, I'm, a, I'm a Sheffield boy by heart, yeah. And which which side of the city were you? Uh, were United, you unfortunately, <laughs> Sheffield United. So um, it's a shame, really, because um, obviously Chris is a good friend of mine, and um, for him to get the site like he did, mm. I don't think it was warranted, really. Um, I think if there's anybody that could have got them back up, it would have been him. And um, I think if you um, if you get a side up and you do so well, I don't think it's right that you just pass it on to somebody else. I think you, 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 need, you, you need to give that person who got you up a chance to either get you back up. And if he doesn't do that, maybe after one or two seasons, yeah, have a change then. But um, don't just discard him straight away like that, like he's done nothing for the club. I think yeah. it's a bit of a disgrace, really. Yeah. And you actually, he did a podcast earlier in the year where he was talking about you and how you... Um, Stopped him getting beaten up. Oh yeah, yeah, I do I remember that. Yeah, it's um, God, yeah, because because uh, we just play football against each other, so um, I know him quite well, and um, I think um, yeah, it was it was it was because he was going to Silverdale School, and I went to um, um, Herfield up rough school at Topper Hill. <laughs> so um, yeah, and yeah, they were all trying to pick on him, so um, just stepped in. Yeah. So, and, and where were you? Where so when you were playing football as a kid, where were you? Where were you playing? Were you always? I was. Um, I was. I was playing for a team called Throstles at the time. Um, I don't even know if they're still going, but at the time they were like, um, I suppose the biggest team around here is like Hansworth. So um, um, they were like the, the Hansworth of their time. Throstles. It was a, a big team. They had some really big players playing for them at that time, especially the old, older age groups and. Um, yeah, I was at Frossels. I'm not too sure where Chris was at, to be fair, but um, obviously he left and went down to, um, I think, did he go to Southampton? I can't quite remember where he went. But um, 
but yeah, I was playing. I was playing for a local team called Frostles at the time. Were you scoring loads of goals then? Back then, were you up front? Yeah. Um, yes, I, I did. I did all right. Like, when you're younger, you can score goals for fun. So I think um, I scored like either sixty-seven or seventy-three goals that year, or whatever it was. But um, that was just. That's just because I was about a foot taller than everybody else. That was all really. If <laughs> <laughs> that was any better, I was just a foot taller than everybody else, and they were all scared. So I'm I'm six foot five myself, and like every school photo, I'm, I think yeah. I had my growth spurt when I was about ten. So yeah. and then yeah. everyone caught me up a little bit, but not by much. Was no. that was that the same view? Were you always? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, like say every every age group, I was in the same same size shoe as my age. So um, 11, 12, then when it got to like 13, it just like plateaued there. And, um, but yeah, it was, um, it went easy, especially in 60s, because um, there were some horrible shoes around in them days. And you, you're like, you're taking a, you're, you're a size 11 and you're trying to squeeze your foot into a size 10 and a half. It ain't great. So um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't fantastic them days. So, yeah, but, well, uh, <laughs> and then it was it was Rotherham, wasn't it? When you where you kind of got your first club, I suppose, and you're yeah yeah yeah. Because um, after Frossels, um, I went to play because I knew I knew I was already um, going to sign for Rotherham. So I suppose for fun, I went signed for um, Hillsborough Celtic, which was um, my uh, a friend's team. So I did that for a year. And then I knew I was going to sign for Mulmore Juniors, so um, so I did that. And then um, after that, went to the. It was the first year, as far as I remember, it was the first year the apprenticeship scheme came round. So before um, um, teams only had like apprent like two or three apprentices, and they got then mixed in with the reserve team, and then the the YTS came in. And all of a sudden, like Robert had like fifteen apprentices that day. So obviously, it must have been the same everywhere else. But um, that was that was the year nineteen eighty four. Yeah, eighty four. So I was there eighty four to eighty eight. I, I remember uh, when I spoke to Jamie Hewitt. He was talking about how he had to write a letter to to John Duncan to like ask for an for his YTS. Was it was it something similar? Did you have to write a letter or? Did you get... uh, I think. Mine, because um, they're, they're all like blue forms, and um, basically the, the form was like that. It, it was it was just a blue form, so why they're called blue forms, with you know. And um, I think my dad had to um, send something in, and then um, what was it now? Came to came to the house to sign us, and that. So it wasn't it wasn't like um, like all these academies where. Um, Got these beautiful buildings and, and 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 things like that, and hundreds and hundreds of kids coming through. It was just you, you went through the system. You got to you got to fifteen, and you were just an apprentice, and that was it. And then you signed for Chesterfield, so it was nineteen eighty eight, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, October eighty eight. Um, Kevin Eli, who was at Rotherham with me, um, he must have brought me up, and he says, "I want to come to sign like for Chesterfield," and I thought. Well, ain't getting a look in here, and um, not getting a chance at all at um, Rotherham, and um, so I was like, yeah, and I was like, West West Chesterfield, <laughs> not a clue. What typical inner city kid? I got a clue what's outside the border, and um, so yeah, so um, I think obviously Kev Randall was manager then, hmm. and um, came over. I think very. My recollection, it's um, 
Chesterfield went on a, a three or four um, winning streak at the time. So there's nobody at the club when I was there. And um, Chesterfield's ground was similar to Rotherham's ground, but Rotherham's ground was better. Rotherham's ground was a lot neater, not nicer, had better paint. And Chesterfield's grounds have no pain, no nothing. It's just like it's like balsa wood everywhere. It was horrible. <laughs> and so, so I'm science stand. It was a rainy day, and it was absolutely throwing it down with rain. And at centre circle, there was a massive puddle in the centre circle, and there's just like about thirty ducks on it, just paddling on the ducks. And I thought, what the hell have I done here? Signing here, I thought, God, I'm out here. I was because just looking around, thinking, oh. Well, <laughs> but, second, hey, second thoughts about a football player. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, made, made the decision done. Was the um and and obviously there's the um the folklore that comes around you signing is that it was the five hundred pounds on a bag of balls. Hey, don't let don't let folklore get in the way of a true story. <laughs> it was just an exchange of contracts. So um, as far as I know, it's just an exchange of contracts because um, obviously. Robin didn't want me, and um, so there's the, so there's no um, uh, money getting exchanged hands or anything like that. So I, as far as I know, it's just an exchange of contracts. Um, they just said, uh, "Well, just just take him, basically," yeah. and um, so that's what it was. But um, <laughs> this it, it, the the thing is, it, the, the only person you can ask is um, I suppose they're all dead now. Unfortunately, it's like um, not only. Kev Randall, um, who was who was the manager at the time, and um, and, and, I, and I can remember Kev just saying it was just a stage of contracts as far as I knew. So, and, and, but but never let a good story get in the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I've heard about Norton Lee cutting cutting the bars of soap in half and stuff like that. Oh yeah, we did that. Oh <laughs> god, yeah, yeah, we did that. We did that at Rotherham. So it's no, um, it was it was not where does Norton Lee? Obviously, you would have heard because. Um, not only was quite frugal, but end of the day, the club was run properly. Mm. It was um, it ran a tight ship, but um, every everybody always got paid. So um, yeah, it ran it ran a tight ship, but it was um, it was it was still a nice club while, while he was there. And um, no, what a bad word said against him really. It was it was a nice guy. He was a nice yeah. person. And and Kev Randall was um, pivotal in a, a lot of people's. Careers, wasn't he? Really, oh, everyone yeah. had spoken to. Yeah, big time, big so time. highly. Yeah, it was. It was. Kev was amazing. It was um, feisty at times. Um, sometimes a lot of blame culture came out, but um, generally, he was an absolute top top man, mm. absolute top man. And um, obviously, I owe him a lot, um, bringing me to um, Chesterfield, um, especially when you got discarded at, at Rotherham. And um, so, and then obviously what we went on to at Chesterfield over the, I suppose, the 11 years I was there. So, um, yeah, you know, we had a, I could say we had a nice bit of success, really. Yeah. Outfield to Morris. for the same ball. Picked up by Morris, out to his right to Ely. Cutting inside. Push the ball out to Lee Rogers. Cross coming in. Go 
Maurice, Maurice! Yes! A lovely goal! And, and then your first full season with us was when Paul Hart came in, wasn't it? Yes. Um, and you actually played virtually every game, didn't you? So you, you like found your feet playing <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Um... I suppose I found my feet, found your place in the team, found out what you're good at, what your what your works are good at, um, and um, I basically just turned into a bit of a battering ram up front, really. And um, for all these like nippy um, centre forwards and midfielders coming through, and then just trying to cause a bit of chaos up front. I paid for it waking up the next day in agony, but um, but at the time it, it, it was just that was football at the time. Obviously, if I was playing now, I think I'd be sent off every game. But um, but them days um, it was it was different. It was a uh, dog eat dog, and there's no VAR, <laughs> so um, I suppose um, defenders could get away with a lot more, and so could attackers. Yeah, I mean, as a as like a big uh, a big attacker, you know, like that. Do you uh, do you get a bit of a rough deal from from referees? Because yeah. obviously, like players bounce off you, and, and we get it now with the the the, the bigger target when we have a, a chess field, you know, and you get some free kicks, and you just think, There's no way that was a free kick. It's just yeah, it's a it's a joke. I've I've always said it's um um referees should be they should be ex players. Because they, they, they some they just they just don't know the game, and it's not being being what's the word I'm looking for elitist when I'm saying that. It, it's just that sometimes when a collision happens, an ex player would say, "Yeah, you 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 went in on him there," and and other times they say, "No, it was a fair challenge," and oh oh oh, you caught him off balance there. It might you might look nothing. But you, you caught him at the right angle and cut him off balance. It might have made him looking at an absolute idiot, but I knew what he did. Yeah. And and it's just little things like that. Being being a foot taller and everybody being scared of you, and then you, you kind of like use that. Um so I suppose I was quite fortunate to um come for the my, the system I did. And then you just you just run with what you've got. Mm. And yeah. um but like I said, referees just they pull you up for absolutely no reason whatsoever. People bouncing off you, and um, but um, if you if you get tripped up and it it looks it makes me look like Bambi on ice. Um, oh, that bit of free kick! You think, well, yeah, it was. <laughs> but hey ho, what can you do? And and you got a, a hat trick, didn't you, against Cardiff in that? Uh, yes, eighty nine season. Yes, I did. Yeah, um, night game, evening game. Yeah, it was um, perfect hat trick as well. It was. I was going to say yeah. I've not got I've not got uh, I've not got any video of it, so I've not seen it. So you can embellish as much as you want to. No, no, no I, don't, I don't need to. It was class. It was. <laughs> it was um, God, I forgot what was in the net because uh, Mick Leonard was talking about it um, after the game because I think they was the Welsh international goalkeeper or something like that was in the net. I think um, I don't don't know if it was the actual Welsh international, but he had been uh, at some point and. Um, yeah, I think I scored one goal in the away end and two in the um, cup end. And um, yeah, it was, I think we won, we won 4 0 that night or something. I think we won 4 0. Yeah, something like that. And it was, it was like three days after you'd been sent off, I think, versus Aldershot. So it was a oh, eventful, yeah, we, eventful yeah, couple of days, wasn't had, it? Me and Artie had his words that day. And <laughs> um, because um, I got sent off, 
and I'm walking off and Artie's there going, you'll never play for this club again. And everybody was a little bit boisterous them days and I'd, and I'd say some expletives and he'd say some expletives. And then um, I'd, I'd, I'd say, watch the effing video then if you if you think I had butted him and stuff like that. And he said, if you didn't, you should have done and stuff like that. And so basically you couldn't win no matter what you said. So like you say, end of the day, I ended up um, scoring that trick um, a few days later. But um, I suppose yeah, nowadays you wouldn't be allowed to play, would you? Well, no, it, it, it would have been. And yeah, I bet it was good motivation then to go to score a hat-trick. Well, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, I can't remember if it took it took a week to go through. So if you get sent off now, you, you just don't play at all. And um, them days, um, I think you had seven days before. So, uh, yeah, so sent off Saturday, play on Tuesday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's it was that season as well that you scored, um, or it was either that season or the season after when you... Um, Scored twice against Sheffield United as well, wasn't it? Oh God, yeah. Uh, um, but one in each end, yeah. Um, wasn't that one three one or three two? Or yeah, three three one, I think. Yeah, I've yeah. Bob, Bob, the video Bob, yeah Bob Bloomer scored the other one. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, because we were rock bottom at the league, and they were. I think they were obviously they were going for promotion, and um, we were the only team to do the double over them actually that year. Mm. I think. Um, I think we won um, two one at our place. Yeah, I think and, it was. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dave Wallace scored both, I think. I mean, pinched one of my goals off the line. But um, yeah, we won two one. Yeah, um, it was it was good. It was a good day that one. It was, uh, obviously, obviously, we played against my um, my, uh, my my own, my my team, so to speak. And um, but you, you just got to do a job, haven't you? You got to yeah. do what you got to do. And, um, I was watching the video as well, and you're getting some right booze. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've done something yeah. at some point in the match. You were getting some, uh, <laughs> some right vitriol from the stands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'd be in the biased commentary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Crikey. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. But it, it, it was what it was. It's, um, I put it this way, I got worse than that. So, um, that was nothing that, um, that stuff I got at Sheffield United. But everything seems to be falling for Chesterfield this afternoon up to now. A nice Waller leaves it to Morris. And it's 2-0. Well, that was neat work by Chesterfield. And all that stemming from the free kick. From that foul by Bob Booker. But after 28 minutes... It doesn't detract from the score. It's Sheffield United nil, Chesterfield two. And then, obviously, there was the relegation. Then wasn't there? But and then there was kind of the chance to bounce back straight away. That ultimately ended in a, a Wembley appearance, which is nice. Yeah. But, but a Wembley defeat, which which wasn't so. The goal that never was. Yeah. So so what was? Uh, I mean, what was that experience like, Wembley? It, it was amazing. I think, I think we were a little bit. Awestruck, really, with regard. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't play great either. Um, but, but neither did um, Cambridge. Um, I didn't think they played that 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 great. And it was just, it was just, um, it was just one, one thing that um, went wrong with regards to um, they got a corner which they shouldn't have got. And um, obviously, Dion Dublin scored at the near stick. 
and uh, it was the only goal and um, I, I can't remember it really really was or them having another chance it was one of those shite games where you, you everybody's turned up to it's like everybody's turned up to a wedding and there's no, there's no bride and there's no groom it was it was just it was it was just a terrible match and um, unfortunately we, we were on the receiving end of um losing at Wembley which which isn't a great place to lose to be fair it's um Nice place to play, but it's not a great place to lose. I suppose you can look back at the end of your career, especially having won there as, as well, and, and yeah. kind of look back with with maybe a bit more fondness than. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, a fifty-fifty record there. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that, and um, yeah, the um, the second the game against um, Barry went it and um, two 0 we, we we had a we had a really strong team that year. We had. Um, we had, a, we had a team of winners in that team, and, um, and everybody showing up. Like, and it was just one of those teams where you just, you just, you just knew you weren't going to get beat. Yeah. And, um, no, no matter who you played, you just knew you weren't going to get beat, and um, just had a really strong ethos, really, and mm. um, strong back four, strong midfield, strong forward players, good subs, and um, we're, we're always going to do well, really. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely come back to that. Uh, yeah, so then uh, then Paul Hart leaves, doesn't he? And Chris McMenemy comes in. Um, what was the difference like in in uh, around the club when that change happened? It's, it's hard because it's it's like slacking somebody off behind the back. But um, it was Paul's first job, and um, as, as nice as it was off the pitch. Um, I think um, losing like we were doing at that time, and uh, I'm not too sure if he had much money to spend on players or he had, he had to wheel and deal a little bit to get players in. He just, um, we struggled as a team. And um, I think he struggled with regards to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Because he was a really good player, Paul, when it, I think it was with Forrest. And... Um, Sometimes when good players see other players and they can't do what they what they could do as a player, it's kind of frustrating for them. And um, so with you going on the pitch, as in the role you as in the whole team going on the pitch and not being able, able to perform like um, he would want them to, and then also being under pressure with it being his first job um, as a senior manager, um, I, think he, I think he found it hard. And obviously things happen in the background, which I'm, I'm sure he regrets. And um, and obviously then then Chris came in. But, uh, so, and he was quite young, wasn't he, as a as a coach? Yeah, Chris was. To be fair, um, hang on, I, um, Chris's training sessions was was great. We had um, it's very light-hearted. Um, you knew what you were going to do every single day, and. I can still tell you what we were going to do every single day right now, what we did. And um, it was it was spot on. It was um, we had a training session on a Monday. Um, and then Tuesday, we did another training session. No, sorry. We had a uh, Monday was um, five aside up at um, Meadowhead in that gym area. So we'd have one goal and off. So we'd get a good sweat on there. On the Tuesday, we'd have a normal um, training session. And then then we'd have the day off um, on Wednesday. Thursday, we'd meet up at um, Springwell School 
um, do a training session and then it was like old ones versus young ones. So um, you, you could you could see how old you were getting depending on what, <laughs> what, what, what side of the pitch you were on. And then uh, we did that first team to 20 and then, then we left that. And then Friday, um, shape, set piece and corners and stuff like that. And Saturday game and then it back around to Monday again. And um, with the same thing and I love training. I thought it was great. Everybody was sharp, everybody was buzzing. Um, but um, Chris was wasn't um, as strong-willed as Hearty in that, and um, then obviously um, Chris left, and then obviously Kev came back with John Duncan. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and I mean, we should mention that four-four at uh, at Liverpool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was um, <laughs> it was it's quite surreal, really, because. Um, Obviously, we, we we all went out there and we we played out of the skins and I I, I don't think um, the centre halves at Liverpool, straight the back four at Liverpool, were used to having mobile, strong, and with a bit of guile sense a front three, mm-hmm. which we did have because they had, they had me up front, they had Dave Lancaster up front, and they had Steve Norris up front. So there's there's a strong three there. Um, Dave Lanker was, was as strong as an ox. Um, Noza speaks for himself, just a natural goal scorer, and, and I'll basically I'll run and run and head anything um, if it's around there. I'll be tacky with my head if I need to be, and um, we just absolutely <laughs> just bat them. And um, is it was it not Mark Wright? Was it centre half for England? Yeah, it was Mark Wright, wasn't it? Mark Wright, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. they got the they got the goals, didn't they? But but you were I was mad at match. dominant against He's him, a... weren't you? I was mad at match. I tell everybody I was mad at match. It was, <laughs> but um, yeah, they 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 got the goals, and um, I, I took the bat room for them, as they, as I would say. But yeah, we had, we had a decent game that day, and um, the the funny thing, I think it was um, at half time. I think the story was. Um, Chris McMenemy, Rushbury, and I think it was Steve Hetsky at the time. Um, they, were, they were like contemplating what to say. They were like, what do we say? We, but I don't know what do we say to them because obviously we came in at 3 0 and um, who comes in at 3 0 at Anfield at half time? And it's, they, they were a bit dumbstruck and it's just like, just carry on. <laughs> so, <laughs> keep doing it. Yeah, just keep going. Carry on. So yeah, that was the that was a kind of like a bit of a running joke. Yeah. Were you exchanging any words with the Liverpool team while you're out while you're out uh, playing? Because obviously you've, you've paid a lot less than they are. <laughs> oh God, a lot less. Jesus, we played we were paid in buttons compared to what they were getting. I think. Um, I can't remember many words getting said. We were just, I think, think not out of all us three, um, Nozzle was the most vocal one, you know, small man syndrome and all that. So um, Nozzle was more Nozzle was more vocal than me and Dave. I suppose me and Dave just like, just clattered people, really. And they did, obviously they didn't like it, but that was that was um, Division 4 football at the time, you know what I mean? And um, it was what it was. Uh, John Duncan then came back yes. me and, and and Kev as well. Um, and you'd scored, you'd got into double figures, hadn't you, in the last season under McMenemy, and you did the same under the first season in which Duncan came back. So um, you were obviously in a, a 
a good uh, a good goal scoring and, and playing form around mm. that time. What was so what what was it like when John Duncan came? Obviously, training will have changed a bit. Um, John Cun- Duncan was it was methodical, um, structured. Um, I suppose, but all you could say was he, he brought structure into the team. He brought um, that steeliness into the team with regards to um, if we win their game, we don't need any more goals to win a match. We, we'll, we'll keep what we got. And uh, obviously, you, you get the rumblings from um, from the crowd and stuff like that. That um, if, we, if, we, if we win their game, uh, go on, attack, 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 and then midfielder just stay in there as a as a as a back eight basically, and then just saying break us down if you couldn't. And it was hard for some people to to break us down. And we we met we met people on holiday. You know, we used to players all players used to go away at the same time, so you'd always meet a, a team or some players from other teams that um, were abroad and used to say, oh, we had played against you a lot because we knew if we went a goal down, that was it. And um, so if, if they're thinking that while we're playing them, unbeknownst to us, it, it was, um, I suppose it was a bit of a, a, bit of a one-upmanship with us regarding how strong we were and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it was more structure. We, um, I, I could say we did pattern nearly every day. I can still tell you exactly if I close my eyes, I can still tell you where every single play was on the pitch and, and, and things like that because you just you just knew because we did it that much. But wherever you were on the pitch, you knew that who was over there, who was there, who was there, it was just to behind you and stuff like that. And um and how they were. It was um it, it won us a lot of games. It won us a lot of games like um knowing how people shoot and knowing how people hook balls like um when we won at Preston away, we won one 0 and um, I think Tom Tom Curtis had a, a, a shot on the edge of the box. And I thought he normally hooks his shots, so I followed it in, and he hooked it. I followed it in, slid into the back stick, scored one one 0 at Preston away, just because I knew what Tom did for shoot how he how he shot, and so it's just little things like that. You just knew what players were going to do all the time because um, you'd gone over it and over it and over it and over it. I suppose it was, suppose it was like American football, really. Everybody knew um, certain plays, certain things, certain triggers, which I suppose is what they're doing now, but them days it wasn't heard of, really, with regards to triggers and things like that. If this happens, that trigger um, is reaction to this, this and this and this and this. So it was, it was like that, really. But even though um, the crowd hated it, um, while you're winning games, um, we didn't mind it as much. Yeah. And I've, I've spoken, we've had Steve Norris on, and he obviously didn't enjoy it as much under no. John Duncan. But um, did you did you quite enjoy it? Obviously, if you're winning, I suppose. I, I, I knew my role. I knew um, I knew what I was. I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't a prolific goal scorer. I knew I was, um, I knew I was in a, more of an assist centre forward. And, um, and I knew that, um, that um, 90% of the time, if they had a corner, I was going back for a corner because um, I had free reign to like uh, not mark anybody, just attack the ball and head it out, which I would say 60% of the time I did. So I wasn't a quick player either. So there's no way if we got the ball, I was going to go that way to um, for a counter-attack. So in a way, that 
I suppose if you if you if you're living on stats, that would probably um, affect the way uh, my goal scoring. I, I could have been more selfish um, with regards to being front there, but I'm, I'm on them. If if if, if I lay off to somebody and we score and we win, that's all I'm bothered about. Themselves just two points clear from the bottom of the third division. They may have slaughtered Rochdale on Saturday, but like lambs to the slaughter, they went down 3-0 to Chesterfield. And it was Chesterfield's Kevin Davis who struck first. Clinical finishing from a 16-year-old who's caught the eye of some of the Premier League clubs. Chesterfield showed why they're pushing for the playoffs as Andy Morris slotted in number two. And it was Morris who claimed his second and the visitors third with a nifty lob in the dying minutes. When I first signed there, we used to, we used to, I think I've trained on every single park in Chesterfield. We used to sneak on there in the morning and then train as long as we could before we got kicked off. And then we'd go to the next one and then we'd do the exact same. So we'd get in there and kept see where we're going and then we'd all get in as cars and then drive up, drive up to um, training. And then obviously you'd, try and, you'd hope it wasn't raining because obviously everybody comes stinking back in your car. <laughs> and um, we mudded up to eyeballs and stuff like that and um, yeah we, 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 we trained on every single pitch every single school pitch because then days you could you could just get on a pitch now, now it's like it's all fenced off yeah no, lots of players have talked about you know various members of the management team going and clearing a Clearing a park of dog muck. Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 well, we, we call it ship patrol. <laughs> <laughs> so we just go in cones and just picking them up. Yeah, it was, um, it weren't best. It weren't the best. Well, that, that and Gospel Squad can, can remain, can be my two favorite, uh, oh, <laughs> Gospel Squad. I, amount of times we swore at Kev on a, on a Sunday morning. Saying why we're we in. This is all it's got to be. And so we would run for an hour, just for an hour, and it would bang on an hour. And I'd just say goodbye. And I'm thinking, where's your recovery? Why can't we do this straight after the game? So we can have a day off like everybody else. Hmm. It's just it just it just spoiled your weekend. It was just horrible. Yeah, gospel Scott, Jesus. Yeah, Jason Lee, Jason used to ring up with every excuse in the book. He never came. <laughs> I think he did one. I think he did one session, and after that, it was either kids ill, Mrs is ill, Mrs gone to hospital, kids gone to hospital, emergency. It never turned up. Thing, Jesus. But like, it's that same old saying, and some people get away with it, and other people don't. And then we get into that. Um, so play a final uh, win, winning year, um, and the the run that the team went on. Obviously, after uh, Tony Loma. in that second half of the season, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tony Loma signed. We never lost again, did we? Yeah, it, I mean, it was incredible, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was 20, 20 something games, twenty three or twenty four games. Um, Tony Loma signed. Um, I don't know if it was um, one of those um, windows or he just signed out of the blue. I can't quite remember what it was. And then we never lost. We win one nil, two nil, two one, one nil, two nil. 3-1 and it, it was just like that all the time and like if you, if you look at the run it was it was an unbelievable run just just, just didn't lose and um, it just kept going and going and, and obviously that propelled us all the way up um, and the confidence that gave us coming through 
um, because um, unlike, I suppose, unlike, unlike um, now, John used to chop and change the side quite a lot. So um, I think um, the away game at Mansfield, um, me and Des Walker were in the stands because we weren't playing at all. We weren't even in the 16, 17 man squad or whatever it was at the time. And uh, we're obviously we're looking down and like all players, you, you, you're just slacking everybody else off because you, you want to be down there. So me and him were like flipping a lack of we not getting decided and stuff like that. And um, I think Phil Robinson burst through and got an equaliser to make it 1 1. And then come the home leg, John Duncan just changed it around completely again. And um, I was playing, Des was playing. And, um, and I think we ended up winning that one, was it 4 2? And then played at Wembley. Yeah. So. It's, it's funny, really, because the the semi final in, in some ways is uh, is remembered more than the final. In some ways. Well, yeah. Well, that, the semi final game is my fa- my favourite game at Saltgate, hands down. Um, the atmosphere beating Mansfield as we did, and the, just the overall game as it as it was, because um, it was it was it was to and throwing a little bit because they had a decent team to be fair and. Um, we, we, we'd worked on marking Paul Holland at corners. He was the main man at corners. So our captain had him. Nicky Law had him at corners. First corner, boom, Paul Paul, Paul he scores. <laughs> oh, and we just looked at Nick Gimsley. Just walked off. Because <laughs> um, you, you couldn't really say out to Nicky. Um, he, he just said, Sorry? <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was just, he was just, he was just effing in Jeffer. And then... Lumbiols, he, he he comes and scores two goals later on in the game, and and um, I think if you if you saw one of the tackles, I think Darren 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 Carr did a tackle on um, their centre forward. I don't even know how he got up. I think it took him at the knee. Seriously, I I used to cringe when I used to see Darren tackle. I swear to God, and um, I don't know how he did it. I don't even know. How I stayed on the pitch to be fair. But um, did you ever get that in training? Sorry? Did you ever get that in training on you? Oh, yeah, you just knew it was coming. You just pulled out. I, I, I ain't getting tackled. I, I want to play on Saturday. So I just stayed away, stayed out of that. I couldn't tackle anyway. I was rubbish. <laughs> so I could tackle with my elbows. That was it. Morris, <laughs> lovely little flick. Here's Lorber. Shot! So, so sharp. Wonderful goal, Tony Lorber. That's why Tony Lorber has become a hero and a very quick favourite with the Chesterfield fans. Oh, and a real skirmish here with Andy Morris and Mark Peters. Peters was booked in the first half. He's up as well. Mansfield down to nine men. And they've really lost their kill now. He's a superb goalkeeper, but he's been beaten again by Nicky Law. And can you believe it? Nicky Law, the defender, the captain, the goal scorer. And then that, yeah, that game at Wembley then. So did did the defeat against Cambridge um, 
kind of help you out when it came to playing there for, for a second time? I, I, kind I, of I, knew it a bit, didn't you? Yeah, I suppose so. We, we've been there before with with um with 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 um, we knew what the ground was like. Uh, most of us. Um, like Paul Robinsons, he, he, he played at Wembley a few times with other teams, and um, so yeah, it was. Um, but we, like I said, we, we had a really, really strong team that year. We, we had a team of winners, and um, we had a team of tough, experienced players and um, tough ballers in that team. And um, but very, they were a good team. They're a decent team, um, and. Um, Obviously, we were fortunate to, to win because um, I, I don't, I'm not too sure they had any more chances than what we did. We had the better chances. And um, I think come near the end of the game, I think, I don't know how many times Kevin missed. Um, he must have missed at least three in the last 10 minutes. And that. so um, just by screwing his shots and overrunning it or having a bad touch and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, we, you kind of like knew what was going off, and you, you knew how the game was going to flow. And we had um, we had a we had a long throw um, thing, which we got the first goal from. Um, I think it was, we got we got actually it was, it was two goals from two long throws. Actually, oh, they, yeah, I think they both long yeah. throws. Yeah, yeah, there was um, one came through. Actually, it won't be allowed now because I think it hit my hand. So went up for an header and it hit the back of my hand and then um, it just killed the ball. And I think um, I think that would was that Tony Tony Loma the goal. That might be his, yeah. I yeah. Mean, he, says, he says it was like the worst game he ever played in. <laughs> well, yeah, it probably was. It probably was. And then and the next one, I think Nicky threw one in, went up for an header and it cleared both me and the centre half. And I always thought to myself, right. If, if I can't get an head on it, he's not going to get an head on it. So it's going to stay in the box kind of thing. So um, that happened. And I think it bounced over one head and Paul Robinson just came in and was headed it into the corner. That was 2-0. And um, obviously, um, if you remember what Chesterfield football team was like them days, nobody was going to come back from us from 2-0 up. So um, we, like I said, we were just a strong team. We, we knew how to see games out. We knew how to do... Um, a mid block with the with the team, even though at that time nobody had ever heard of a mid block and stuff like that. But yeah. we, we 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 could do it as a team and as a squad, and yeah. um, and we, we defended from the front and um, just made it very very hard for them. And um, came came out of that with um, a good win, and um, the celebration was a lot better than um, the one when we lost two years before. And say, I bet the I bet the ride home was a lot a lot better. Oh yeah, it was um, it was pretty special. Like I said, the 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 one before, I think we had um we had a function room, and seriously, it was like it was like a morgue. If it wasn't for um John Ryan, um just having a bit of a laugh and a giggle, um I don't think anybody would have enjoyed themselves that day. It was just it was horrendous, mm. horrendous. So um, I understand why um, people never book anything until they've actually won something because doing it when you've when you've lost is just it's not it's not really it's not it's not it's not great really. And then there's obviously a little bit of time between um, playoff win and FA Cup run, um, but not many people have that many memories of the time in between the playoff final win and the cup run. Are there any are there any games that stick out for you in between? 
in between those two events kind of happening? In between those two events? Ooh. Geez. Last a few players now, and they're like, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I do, to be honest. Um, when we got at Brad a few times, um, <laughs> that was a good fun. Um, God. I think... I think around that time as well, maybe you played less games as well in that 95 96 season. Um, yeah, I, I think I was probably injured. I probably done my cartilage and um, and I was, I think I was out for 18 months at one point. Um, so I was out for a long, long, long time. And um, I don't know if that's coincided with that, but um, that was that would have been around about the times when I was having lots of um, knee operations. Does that still does that still affect you? The kind of yeah, knees? yeah, big, yeah, big time. I, I, I know I'm, I'm going to have to have a knee replacement sooner or later, but um, it's it's right now it's just economics. It's um, when do you stop doing what you're doing working wise because you're not on thousands or hundreds of thousands of pounds a week mm. to like take best part of six months off or whatever it is to have a knee up because you're going to be incapacitated for that length of time. And then if you're self-employed like I am, where are you going to get your money from? So it, it's, it's, it's a chicken and egg scenario. What do I do first? I'm not too sure. It's um, it's hard to like um, say, well, I'm going to have this and then I'm going to take this time off. But how can I do it? It's, um, so it's, it's a tricky one, really. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm suffering. I think most people do um, suffer with the knees a little bit. But um, I think my left left one, um, if I look in the mirror, it's really bowed in a bit. So um, I can tell that um, it needs an operation on it. My, my right runs quite straight, but it just it just aches. But my left one, it's got a bit of a, bit of a kink in it a little bit. Yeah. So, did that did that kind of worry you throughout? your career when you were playing in terms of did you ever look look that far ahead and think or when no, you just you just you just enjoyed playing it was um you, you you were playing with 11 mates stroke 15 16 in a squad and you, you're just a big kid you just you just you just enjoyed playing football and and football changed um through throughout the 90s it, it, it turned from being fun into to a business and when it when it turned into a business, it just wasn't fun anymore. And um, you you weren't you weren't compensated anyway for for for, for that for um, that anyway. You you just you just in it because you just loved playing football. It was just um, it was just a great game to play. And yeah. um, you, I didn't look that far ahead. Um, if you say would would you if if you felt like I do now, which is in agony most days, would you have, would you do that time again? I'd be saying yeah, no, I'd be doing it because um it was a great 11 years as a pro and uh, well 13 years as a pro and two years as an apprentice um but what, what changed it for the world it was um it was, it's, it's been it's been great i just wish like i said i've got got my coaching badges now it's just at, at that time you, you just can't afford them so there's like lower league players pretty much like myself oh would want to do the badges, but it's, it's, it's that same old story. The only people that can afford to do the badges are the people that can afford to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're talking championship and Premier League players who it's a drop in the ocean for a three and a half grand just to just, just to chuck that out. Where, where's where's a person who plays in the league 
League One or League Two or the old third or fourth division going to find that sort of money, especially them days. Mm. Going to find that sort of money, so it's it's tricky now. And now I've got it. It's like, well, what do I do with it? It's um, my time's kind of like passing me by, so to speak, with regards to um, uh, coaching and managing and whatever stuff like that. So it, it, it's a tricky one, really. So I think um, there should be more scope with regards to lower league. Um, players who want to go into that field um, that there should be more um, grants really not just for the bank community but for everybody that wants to do it yeah yeah because I've spoken to quite a few uh, kind of ex-players now and it's it's the same story kind of over and over again you know when, when you retire either through I mean some people get uh, get to retire on their own terms which is great but most don't um, you know, and then a lot of players find themselves lost for a few years while they're yeah, yeah. deciding how they can do what they want to do and and just get a, a paycheck in in yeah. the meantime. It's I mean, it's not when you look at it from that kind of angle, it's not particularly glamorous, is it? No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. It's um, and that's how you got to look at it. it. It's not glamorous. It's it's just the way it was at that time. It's um, I say you you. you how do I describe it? Because people people just see footballers as like earning thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds and think that every footballer is rich and it's far from it. It's 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 a glamorous job with very little hours work. But the the stuff the you put your body through um in the space of I'd say ten years, what somebody else has put their whole lifetime through their body so all our aches and pains um I'm, I'm probably feeling what a 70 80 year old would be feeling right now with the aches and pains in my body because of the, the miles i've put in my legs through that and 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 and, that. and um so in in that way it, it's not glamorous and i'm you're not getting the the money for that to compensate for that um, because I was in the Premiership or Championship and some people might just say, well, you weren't there because you weren't good enough and that's probably true as well. But um, at, at, at the same the same scope, it's, it's still, for the, for, the, for the length of career you have, it's, um, it, it's, it's still quite not right, really. Yeah. So we should go on to um, FA Cup run. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, it's the most... Iconic goal celebration <laughs> ever, which, <laughs> which is yours, which is kind of this nonchalant kind of uh, celebration in that game against Middlesbrough. Um, <laughs> did, did you, I mean, do you ever at, at points like that imagine yourself scoring in games like that and imagine what you're going to do? You, you, you do imagine it, but you never think it's going to happen. But you, you imagine also, I imagine myself in the lottery, but you don't think it's going to actually happen. <laughs> So that team chopped and changed all season because we had a quite a strong squad. So it chopped and changed all season. And I think Viv Anderson must have came to about four or five games, I think, of ours before we actually played. And and I think he, his report was he's got not to worry about. They're not that great <laughs> and stuff like that. And then, but John was, John was holding all the um, big hitters back. And then as soon as it came to the game, everybody was fit. We knew his game plan. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew what we were good at. We knew what we weren't good at. And um, I think we just we just we just caught him off guard. 
And um, but you only can catch it. I think you only can catch a Premier League team off guard once. Mm. I think uh, which we found out in the second leg. And um, but also Ellery, he bottled it twice. He should have sent Clayton Blackmore off. Second bookable, he didn't do that. And um, that one when um, the the ball obviously it went over the line, but at that time nobody knew what was going off, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, ball's in the box, nobody's blew anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, see if I can knock it in, and then Fester jumps on my back and it gives them the free kick. The linesman's already gone to the halfway line, given the goal. So there's like lots of little things you think, Jesus, it just transpires against you because that would have like put us three one up, twenty minutes to go. They've got. 10, 10 men, which should have been nine men. Mm. And um, you just think to yourself, I'll tell you what, what, what can you do? The, 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 the gods are against you, everything's against you, yeah. Yeah. And it was a it was a good little rounding of the keeper as well to be brought down for the, <laughs> for the <penalty. laughs> Well, I got through and I thought to myself, I've got to be sure of this. <laughs> if I if I just hit it, it saves it, I'm just gonna make myself look a bug. So and there's not there's not many chance. I don't think we're going to have many chances against this team because they had a, they had a stellar team of stars in their team. So um, I thought, well, I'll I'll just try and take it round him. And then as I took it round him, he caught me, he caught my legs, and I thought to myself, well, ain't ain't quick enough to stay on my feet and try and put it in. I'll just go down. And then obviously he gave the penalty. Ravanelli. Twisting it back to Janino. Great stop by Hewitt and Morris. Can he hold off Fester? Still Morris. This terrific play brought down. David Ellery thinks and gives Chesterfield the penalty kick. And I was talking to John Duncan an hour before the kickoff. He says we haven't got a penalty taken. Well, they have now. He's shouting Deitch, I think. He's shouting to the captain. They're all looking at each other. Come on, who wants it, lads? They're looking around. Someone step up. Put your foot through it. But this is the incident. Fest he muscles out. Keeper goes to ground. I think the goalkeeper's unlucky, I have to say. I think the big lad earned the penalty. Well, let me tell you, Tom Curtis scored against Forrest from the penalty spot to win the fifth-round tie, but he's missed two since then. Captain's and he's passed the responsibility to the captain. Well, if you're not sure, lad, the only ones I can offer that, just smash it. Sean Dyche. He smashed it all right. Chesterfield lead. Middlesbrough by two goals to nil. Yeah. And uh, what's your... I mean, for Chesterfield, just getting past the first few rounds was kind of success. <laughs> so... it, was a, it was a miracle. You don't need to say success. It was a miracle since um, <laughs> they've not done it for like 30, 40 years or something like that. So, what yeah. It, what was it like as it, it kind of built round by round? Was it all just... Yeah, well... That that team should have gone up into would that have been the championship then or League One? That would have been the championship, I think. We were in League One then, weren't we? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Well that that team we 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 had a, we were strong enough to go up and go straight up. And I think I think we sacrificed going up for the cup run. And um rightly or wrongly, I I'm I'm not too sure what was right or wrong, but but um, if we'd have carried on just playing a normal game, we, we, I think we'd have gone up that year. Maybe through the playoffs have gone, I'm not too sure. But 
But, but um, like I say, it was, um, well, we got through round one. Ooh, never, never even through round one for like 10, 15 years. And I went, you know what? Always lost. Then next round came along, um, won that one. And then it's like, well, what's going off here? Um, can't play, we're into round two. And then, but all these are from journalists um, coming through. And then, um, I think them, I can't remember, I've got, got, the, got the round somewhere. And then all of a sudden you went in another round and then before you know it, you're in it, then you're getting more spotlight on you. And and then obviously Forrest comes to town and I think that they, they, I don't think they got changed in the change room, they got changed on the bus. So they, they, they'd lost the game before they even went on the pitch. And, um, and to this day, I still say it, it sounds weird, but that was the easiest game I've ever had in a Chesterfield shirt. Yeah. Not in a Forest, not in a Forest game. The easiest game I've ever had in my life, and um, because they just didn't want to know, they didn't want to know, and um, they didn't want to fight for Stuart Pearce at the time, um, just didn't want to know, and um, so yeah, so beat them, and then obviously Kev turns up to the party at Bolton, um, and they were on um, they were on an unbelievable run. Um, I don't think they'd lost. Uh, all in the league up until that game, and then Kev goes and stuffs an hat trick in. And then, um, what was it? I think I, think I, I, think I started playing. I can't remember what game I started playing because I don't, I didn't play in the first couple of rounds, I don't think. Yeah, I think it was kind of the latter half, yeah, yeah. And then, um, obviously, um, the Wrexham at home. I still say if we, if we would have played Wrexham away, we would have lost the game. Still say that because um, we we always found it tricky at Wrexham, and um, do 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 a strong team at home. Even though their grounds are the dog hole, um, they were they were quite strong at home. And um, with it with the game being at our place, I think um, it made it easy. And, and, and two League One, I think it was at that time, teams playing against each other. It was a big incentive for one of us to um, get to the get to the semi final, which um, I'm, I'm fortunately enough, um, Chris Bond won um, sort that out for us. So, but like I say, it was just little things, knowing what people are going to do because the the ball came out and I just hooked it on, and Chris Bond was straight on it, instinctively on it because he he, he knew what people were going to do in the game, and and he was on it like lightning. Well done about lightning, but he was on it pretty quick. And um, and yeah, and then puts that one in, sends us to the semi final. Yeah, and and it's like what twenty fifth anniversary next year, so um, yeah, time flies. Another, another get together. <laughs> you, how how much do you look back on it, kind of with those decisions in the semi final and? The, the, only, the only decisions I look back on are the referees' decisions. That's that's um, because I don't think there's anything else we could have done, um, and it's just down to the referees. I, I think referees. They say we don't want the referees to, to spoil the game. Referees don't spoil the game. Players spoil the game, and then referees spoil it after the decisions they don't don't make. So if if, if if me and you were playing against each other and I actually slides, um, take you out, it's not my fault that um, you've already got, uh, that um, we've already got another player sent off. If I need to get sent off, you send me off. 
But it's like, well, they've already got a player sent off already. And no, you shouldn't think like that. Shouldn't think, and, that and that's what I think he did. I think um, they've already had him, Kinder already got sent off. Blackmore, if you watch the game again, he did another bookable um, event. He should have got sent off for that. And then there's like, he never consulted the um, linesman. And the linesman gave the goal. And then this decision where Fester jumps on my back. Um, while the ball's in the box and then it gives a free kick to them that should have been out of another penalty at least and he just thinks himself so it's not anything any of the team did because I think the team for, for the for the ability that team had we weren't Premier League players and some of us were in the waiting I'm guessing obviously but um, as, a, as a squad we weren't Premier League squad but um, we, we that team overachieved big time yeah. And I think the referee decisions let that team down. And the, and there's no way we'd have let a goal in after like 30 seconds in the final, like Middlesbrough. I, I, no, no. We, we, <laughs> we were in Jamaica. We were fortunate that um, um, Norton Lee took us to Jamaica. And um, so it was like nine o'clock in the morning when that game came on. And I think maybe two people might have watched it in the squad. We just looked at it on TV and just went, got a drink, and then just walked, walked out somewhere and went to the pool or went to the um, went to the um, beach and um, yeah, and couldn't put like say thirty. Now we were conceded a goal after thirty. So we would have given more of a game. It would have been it would have been a better game. But we would have been there. Yeah. Hey, because people people say I kept saying like, says, well, what if you lost? If you'd have lost a ten nil to Chelsea, and it goes, I don't, I don't give a damn. I would have lost ten nil to Chelsea. I would have been FA Cup final. Yeah. Well, uh, last couple of questions. So, yeah. um, firstly, you, you had testimonial season, so it must be nice to have, uh, nice to have reached kind of testimonial. It was I, good, but I couldn't, I couldn't play the game though. <laughs> Another injury struck. Yeah, um, I think is it, is it for not 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 Forest, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, not Forest at home. Um, but it was it was that sort of um, time where I'm, my legs were just gone, and um, I think I was out for a lengthy time, and, and um, it, it didn't really come back the same the same really. And um, you just you just we, we injuries injuries take their toll after a while, and you just you're just not the same person. Mm. And like I said, I wasn't quick anyway, so it made me even slower. So you, you, you're not you're not going to get to those certain balls. You're not you're not going to you're not going to get to the balls in the channel. You, you'll do certain patterns in training. You're not going to get to that ball. What goes up back and you, know, you knock it through. You're not going to get to those. And um, whereas in I might have had a, a 60 40 chance of getting it beforehand, and now it was just like. 80 20 to them, it was just not, never going to happen. So, um, yeah, and so it was, it was disappointing to have a testimonial game and actually not actually playing in it. So, but not many yeah. people have testimonials nowadays, do they? Well, no, I was, I was talking to Lee Rogers again the other day and I was saying there's not really many players that even do five years now, let alone 10. No, well, you think about it, there was at that team, there was Lee Rogers would have had testimonial. Me, Jimmy Owit. Um, now I've got to think because um, we 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 were the we were the three that got downtrodden on regards to um, with regards to wages because um, obviously you, you you got people that are loyal there like me, Jimmy and Lee were there and then you then you had other players coming in 
or off the back of the success of the team, got paid what we didn't get paid, if you get my meaning. So, um, so yeah, we were all, I suppose, me, Jamie, and um, Lee were always at the back of the queue when it came to like um, renegotiating your wages and stuff like that. And I suppose, I suppose, what I'm trying to say is loyalty doesn't always work. It's not a two-way street. It's um, it's it's a, it's 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 a one-way street with some clubs. And um, at, at that time, as as much as Norton was great, it was um, it was tight with the purse strings when it came to like um, people who showed you good loyalty. Um, and other players that come in from nowhere got, I won't say top white, but got decent money. Yeah, and you can get taken for granted a bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because they're always here, they they ain't going to leave. And you think to yourself, well, if I did leave, you're going to have to get somebody else who does what I do and pay probably twice or three times as much. Yeah. And and, and kind of, yeah, final thoughts. So I was wondering which which were the favourite forwards that you played with because you've you've played with some some great... uh, I've always always said um, it's a shame that... um, Dave had an injury because me and I, I thought Dave might say something different, obviously, but um, um, Dave Waller complimented the way I played really well. And um, and that was the early days. And um, we had, um, I think the goal ratio, what we did it, when when we were both fit was was pretty decent. Um, obviously, Kev went on to do absolutely wonders. Um, but um, Dave Waller was... Um, my perfect foil for um, the way I played. Yeah, and um, and yeah, so a couple of Wembley trips, FA Cup semi-final, the Anfield appearances, stuff like that. Is there any? Is there any that that stick kind of top of the tree for you, or is it all? Like I said earlier, the uh, the Mansfield game, mm. the Mansfield at home, the um, the four-two game was um, brilliant. The obviously the um, the the Atric against Cardiff. The, um, it's good memories. The four all at Anfield was um, pretty special, and then obviously playing them, they, they, they brought they brought um, a stronger team. Uh, the home leg, the the game at Plymouth when we um, beat them sounds weird me saying there's the game at Plymouth. Um, we beat them three 0 at their place, but it was um, it was one of those days where. It must have snowed at least three or four foot overnight here, and we were supposed to meet at the ground at nine o'clock, and I couldn't get out of my house off my drive until eleven o'clock, and then we've gotten the motorway. I think we met. Everybody was supposed to meet at the ground. We we all met at different services on the way, uh, whether it was whether it was travel or Woodall services. Um, the only way I could see. Which, which was pretty stupid of me, really, is by going behind the lorry. And I couldn't be more than six foot behind this lorry because um, if it had broke, I'd have, I'd have smashed into the back of him. But it's the only it's, it's the only visibility I could see. And then as soon as we got um, past Nottingham, the snow seemed to have cleared, so it only seemed to be like North Yorkshire, Derbyshire. And then we... So obviously we're now how many hours late? Four or five hours late. So we, we, we got to Plymouth. We went straight into this restaurant, chicken and beans, in, straight out, no word of a lie. It, we, we couldn't have been in the restaurant 15 minutes. We got changed on the bus, 
on the way to um, Plymouth Ground. And then somebody had already um, drove the team sheet to the ground. So it was in on time because it was a night game. Um, there was no organised days in those days. It was just um, we drove left at nine for for um, a quarter to eight kickoff on our, and then um, we beat them three 0 So it, it just shows you sometimes um, all those PPPP the preparation, preparation, preparations. Just it's not always it's not always the case. Sometimes it's just your mindset um, and your team ethos, and um, if, if you've got all those in the right place. You're going to do all right. Yeah. Um, and did you think about having to get home afterwards? <laughs> you went uh, well, to that, I, I remember. I just, I just remember the whole, the whole day was was horrendous. And and um, but sometimes we got like, like Leicester way. There was nothing. There was no snow whatsoever. But we round where I was living at the time, which was Eckersfield, like two foot of snow, and obviously. Chesterfield's got its own bloody climate. I used to call it Salem. It's got its own climate. Mm-hmm. And um, there's times where Lee Rogers would leave like Doncaster and I'd leave Sheffield, then it'd be really sunny. And we'd have a pair of shorts on a pair of flip-flops and a flimsy T-shirt driving to um, Saltergate. And you'd, we'd, get, we'd get to Chesterfield and it'd, and it'd be sleet, snow, rain, Foot of snow. What's going on here? I always call Chesterfield Salem. It's got it's, it's got its own climate system. It's it's like it's like some black hole somewhere. It's uh, <laughs> it's some the place is unbelievable. I was like, it would be nice anywhere else. Get to Chesterfield, and it, it, it's a completely different climate. Won't be the best goal he's ever scored. I'll tell you what, it'll be the most memorable. 